it's now it's really coming up that we're supposed to be doing the work of the ministry, all of us. And uh, I listened to a CD that Debbie did in 2014. Let me just tell you all about that before I get distracted. I've got 62 of her series up, not just one track, series. And they are, if I can brag on, on her, and I will, they're just marvelous. They, they were so prophetic because they're just so relative. Kind of like the Word of God is so relative at every age. And I am enjoying them. Pastor West is enjoying them. But I've got 62 of them up. We have a little uh, Indian woman. And she's, she knows how to do Google and she, she knows how to do all that stuff anyway. We send her, the, we put it up in the cloud. She takes it down. She swishes it around and puts it back up because nobody in America wants to. Do we, Barry? <laughs> I don't. But anyway, just telling you all, there's 62 up of her, and then I think I've got five up of mine. It's just, we, we're, going, we're going to, I asked this uh, Steve Sampson, Melody's, daughter if we if she would make us the most the most powerful website church website in Alabama and she just got giddy like oh that's so wonderful and so she really is we're we're on it we're not near there but we are we are on it so uh I was listening to Debbie and she uh she talked about uh Prophesying. She was teaching on Prophecy 101, uh, 2014. I don't think it's up. And she talked about moving in the Holy Ghost. And she was teaching on prophecy. And she said, you know, what's better to do than teach it and then do it? And so she demonstrated it. And she gave a word to, she said, who wants one? Nothing moved. Well, who, who wants one? Because this, this train is pulling out. And apparently Leanne stood up. And she gave the most marvelous word to Leanne. It was just so, you know. And I hope you all think I'm weird because I'm talking about her. She's, she's like Brother Hagen to me. It's, it's, it's way more than what it was personal. But uh, anyway... We should all do the work of the ministry. So just come ready. The Word does say when you come together, one of you has this and one of you has that. So you ought to have a song. I prefer not to. That sounds like singing. And uh, I'd rather have something written out. But anyway, let's do that. If we're going to host a move of God in Alabama, and we are, it's going to begin right here. There's never been a more perfect or excellent atmosphere than right here with 20-something people. Well, 20-something would be if every single person showed up. I love this church. I just love where the Lord's put us. He's put us in an in a atmosphere where we can really grow without having to be weirded out by visitors or broadcast or anything like that. We should take advantage of it. So, like, I, I heard that tonight. The caches have the, they have it. And I knew Melissa had it. 
And Jonathan, I didn't get that until he was standing there. And I said, yeah, he's got it. So we all have something, and we should bring it forth. And uh, maybe we should preach a little less long and minister a little longer or just go longer and do all of it. (laughs) Maybe not. So, uh, amen. I didn't feel real good. I felt good Sunday morning until I stood up, and then I was kind of funny feeling. Deborah said I was wonky, so I I don't know what kind of job I did Sunday morning. I I really don't, uh, because I just... But anyway, sorry about that. I, I, I wouldn't have come sick, but I, I wasn't sick when I came, and I was good. And, but after the service, I was just, I sat down because I didn't have a lot of whatever. But I, I want to share a word with you tonight. We just got a few minutes, but I want to share a word with you tonight. So I guess, Barry, turn us on, and we'll just see what we want to do. Um, let's see if I can find a scripture to go to. I got so many. Uh, well, let me just just let me just minister what I've got because that's really that's really my what, my intro is really all I want to do tonight. Uh, I want to talk about giving, and the reason I it seems like such a strange subject to start the year off on giving, and and also you would wonder why would you do that right after Christmas? Is it a is it a rebuke to you know? Of course, I, none of us know what anybody else is doing. This is a very generous church. This is a very generous church. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how we put together every month, but every month it's put together, and sometimes it's chinked in from out of state. We've got two two that have been out of state. We we have it coming from everywhere. The Lord's interested in. River Church surviving and thriving. And, uh, you know, the, the barrel of meal did not run out. And so it, it, wasn't, it wasn't steak, but it was the barrel of meal, and it never ran out. The manna never did run out. So we're just going through a season, but we don't even care. You know, Lord delivers from the season. No, we, we're eating every day. So giving, I wrote down, giving is synonymous with seed time and harvest in the church. In other words, when we hear giving or gift giving, we think of seed time and harvest because we've all been very well trained. We're all in, in line with and in agreement with that seed time is right. Is that right? We're, we're, we're not those people that sit on the back row and uh, just tip. But, and you could say here at River Church that it's one of the most highly considered subjects we just actually flow. And I've had someone that visited a few times, and uh, he said, he, he got mad at me one day, so he kind of let loose, and he said, all you do is talk about money. I never noticed that that's all we talked about, but that was what was a, a sensitive subject to him because we were talking about money, and he had need of it. He should have listened to us talking about money. But... Uh, it's, it's, it's the most high. We have more liberty to talk about money, whereas in most churches, I can tell you the church I was raised in, they talked about it on Stewardship Sunday. It was the second January, second Sunday in January, and nobody came because they knew that's what he was going to talk about, and nobody came. I mean, it was just like, boom, they were gone. Uh, but I want to I turn just a little bit 
about the power of gift giving. And I want to separate it or, or take it a little higher, refine it from seed time and harvest. And the reason I want to, I have no, I have no agenda, of course, except we have to have mastery over everything. Now, what if, what if suddenly we were immersed in revival of some kind and busy, busy? We'd still be studying. We'd still be looking at the word. We'd still be tuned into the things of God. But mostly we'd be going with what we have up to right now or at that time. Is that right? I mean, and the best teachers or the best, the best disciples in a church are always children's church ministers. Because they go back there and they have to break it down. You go, well, that's, that's kid church. <laughs> that's the best lessons there are. I'm just holding y'all until they get through. That's all this is. But so we will be stronger as we minister out. My mother-in-law one time said, I want a computer. And I said, what does she want a computer for? Well, she just thinks that it'd be good. And I said, well, what's her application? Well, she has no application. She just wants to tick the keys and scoot the mouse. If you don't have an application, you'll never learn anything about whatever you have. So, uh, mastery. I want to get this in today about mastery. So, uh, there's three things I, I found, I looked, about sowing seed. The first thing is we sow seed. Why do we sow seed? Well, one thing is it's an emotion. Now, let me tell you, we don't and we won't whoop up some tears and whoop up some emotion to get a good offering. Uh, but if you can remember, or it is a major drama in most churches to get the offering. And so much so that people say, we're going under if you don't give. Little God. So when, when we're presented, like say Sunday Guard Joe, or we're going to give to Nicole Howe this, uh, this month or soon, I, I want to do that. I, I believe we're supposed to. We're kind of uh, Sunday Guards established and we want to help Nicole. She's going to Mexico. And she spent a lot of money learning the language already. She's already invested in going to school. So we're going to do that. So, so first thing we would do is in our motion, we'd say, how interested am I in this ground? So anytime there's somebody on TV or you listen to a, a tape and they say, if you'll give to this or here in the church, you'd ha you give based on it's, it's fluid. There's nothing that we would just say, well, I always give this and I always give that. Some people are that way, but we are not. And the first thing, you have to check your emotion. The second thing is you have to look at the worthiness of the cause. In other words, this is an investment. Is this just going to be for someone's carnival or somebody's uh, a short-term thing that does not last? I want to give in to long-term things things that build foundations and, and, and build up people rather than other things. And then the third thing I think people give towards is a conviction. We, we have a, a conviction when the Holy Spirit starts leading. You really don't consider the worth of it, the, the investment. You don't really have a lot of emotion on it, but you know the Lord's saying, 
put this money or put this thing, give this. Were you all in the service that uh, where cars were being given away and and, uh, and you know, well, that wasn't that wasn't that could have been emotion, I guess. But there was a lot of Holy Ghost going on in that meeting. What is revelation? Revelation is knowing something that you never knew. Everyone in here, you are living at the level of what revelation you let stay in your life. It's not facts. We got facts aplenty. It's not information. It's revelation. It's what you see that you never saw and now what you know that you never knew. And it, it has planted itself inside. And so gift giving is something that has to come by revelation. So I'm just going to teach it, but, uh, but it's revelation. Remember how we hold things loosely. More and more as we mature, as we get older, as we see God's faithfulness, there's plenty more where that came from, we hold things a lot more loose. We don't hold on tight like, well, if I give this, I won't have that. That, that kind of thinking does not, does not run here. It's, it's either this or it's that. It's both of them. It's, it's everything. We got, we got it all. So uh, let's look at gift giving just for a moment. One thing we do have to deny is, the, the, is this thing, this religious mantra that says, if God wants to bless me, he knows where I am. And there's nothing I need to do to get under the water spout, as it were, the blessing spout. He'll find me. And that's just not true in any part of the kingdom. Uh, you got to be wanting it and you got to be finding where he's pouring it out. So uh, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. Got that one? This first thing we the, the first uh, uh, way of gift giving is to demonstrate love. Now, there is no love without giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. How much did he love? How much did he give? And you'll find out how much he loved. He gave his only begotten son. Well, he loved the ultimate. And so couples that try to say, I love you, but I'm not giving you nothing. There's a, there's a major red flag there, isn't it? In everything. You measure by giving. Not amount, but by sacrifice. That's our giving to God. If we don't uh, remember when David said of the uh, threshing floor, the owner of the threshing floor said, I'll give you my ox. I'll give you my plows. You can sacrifice to God. And David said, I will not offer anything that costs me nothing. So it's sacrifice. And there's no there's no glory unless you have a story. You have to be on the edge at some time. You have to let God pull you through. Would that be right? Y'all know that where you go. Well, I, I trust God, but I've never been on the edge. Well, you don't know if you trust God. You got to go to the edge and. Uh, you can go easy or you can go kicking and screaming, but <laughs> you, you got to go. So. Uh, uh, the Lord Jesus is said, if ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more. Does the uh, shall your father which is in heaven good gifts to them? So the first thing we the first reason we give gifts. Now let's separate it from an offering. Let's separate it from Christmas. The reason we give gifts is because we love. We are conveying love, 
and words are not enough. Love is words and giving. Uh, the second one, I'm going real fast, is I found in the word that gift giving is to praise and worship. It means to adore and cherish, cherish, adore and cherish. So if we adore something, we cherish something like the Lord. We just came out of Christmas. Matthew 2 says, and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him with gifts. They worshiped him with gifts. We're all aware of that. Then there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. She worshiped him with the ointment. And then uh, in Luke 8, it says, Joanna, the wife of Herod Stewart, Stewart and Susanna and many others, which ministered to him out of their substance. So he had a little, he had a little group of women that were business women. And they sustained him in the ministry. So cool. The third thing that we give gifts for, just to let you know that this isn't a thing in a closet, in a corner, in a dark spot, where whether you give or not, it doesn't matter. We say everything is consequential. Everything is consequential with what we do. We do everything deliberately. We do everything on purpose. We do everything with an anticipation. Everything has, a, has an end. So number three is we give gifts to receive favor. Now, I do that. Do you? <clears throat> you might, now, here's what the religious says. I just want to give it to God. I don't, want, I, don't want to, <clears throat> I don't want anybody to think I did anything. And you get in, it's a real false humility. And that's one reason I'm teaching that is because of that very thing. Now, you know, in the Old Testament and New too, if you wanted to come in and see the king, you didn't come in empty handed. You had to come in with a gift, and, and you would present it to the king. When, the, when Columbus and all those guys went to America and came back, they came in with gifts, and you didn't come in without a gift. Well, we come before the Lord with gifts. Um, it says in Psalm 45, with a gift, even the rich among the people shall inherit thy favor. So gifts open doors for favor. Well, God will just have to get me in there anyway. I'm telling you, this stuff will change your life. We're tweaking. We're tuning up. We're raising the bar. Uh, you know this one, Proverbs 18, 16, says a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. I've heard that interpreted every, every way. The man's gift inside, who he is inside, his character, his, his life, will bring him before great men. Of course, that's true. But it's good to pick up a dozen flowers and some chocolates on the way in too. Amen. Uh, the Jerusalem version, I wrote down, a present opens every door for you and wins access for you to the great. So I'm looking. I'm just telling you, I, I do this. I give gifts. I am a gift giver. I had to be trained. I didn't used to be. I wasn't raised that way. My mother always had to go out and buy her own present. Nothing wrong with that if she's happy with it, but uh, I got trained. Okay, number four is, is just sowing and reaping to generate income, increase. 
And we know that one, given it shall be given to you, pressed down. Is it pressed down? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So there it is, bringing gifts so you can have increase in your life. Uh, I like Ephesians 6, 8, where it says, whatsoever, whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. I'm telling you, that's a good scripture. Ephesians 6, 8. Whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. And then we know 2 Corinthians 9 about as you purpose in your heart, so let him give. Number five, now we're getting to the good ones. Gift giving is to generate friendship. We even know that in our culture that when you get invited to a home for dinner or something, what is, what is protocol? What's culture? You bring a, you bring a gift. You bring a, uh, what's it called? A hostess gift? Yeah, we see we get that we're we're returning, we're reciprocating, we're making it two sided so that we can bond and move into a relationship that wasn't there. Uh, this scripture, Proverbs nineteen six: Every man is a friend to him who giveth gifts. <laughs> Sounds pretty carnal, but it's in the Bible. Every man is a friend to him who giveth gifts. That's proof right there that God wants us to do this. Uh, number six is to we give gifts to serve those in authority. <clears throat> now, I want to read this story. It'll just take a second. But remember the Queen of Sheba and Solomon? Oh, in, in 1 Kings 10, let me start out with uh, verse 23. It says, So King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and for wisdom. But if you go up above that to verse 10, when Miss Sheba came, it says she gave the king 120 talents of gold and of spices very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the, king, the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. She, she outdid everybody. But he already had so much. Why would she bother to bring riches to a very wealthy man? Because it's the gift. It's not to increase them. It's not to change their status. You couldn't change Solomon's. His wealth uh, is incalculable if you look at certain sources that he was a, at least 10 billion in gold for his day. But anyway, we serve those in authority with a gift. So uh, people that have been over me or people that have been important to me, uh, if I want to stay connected to them, just I'm talking about ministers and whatever out there, I send them a gift. I send them whatever's appropriate at that time. Sometimes I'll send a restaurant card or a Something like that. And it connects me. Keeps me, because, you know, I'm, I'm on the low end of everything with a lot of these people. They don't even know who I am, but I send them a gift, and all of a sudden, we're, we're best buds. Y'all get that? I could tell you who I send to you, and you'd go, that's, that's way above your pay grade. Yeah, 
but when they come or when I see them. Uh, here's the one I like, number seven, to take away reproach. And this is where we need to go tonight, the, the, the next two, to take away reproach. A gift will take away reproach. And I'm engaged in this one. I have been for a while, and I'm engaged in it right now, where I am gift-giving to take away reproach. Because not everybody's happy with me. But I'll tell you, not everybody's happy with you. But they can be, negoti- they can be expendable. If they're, if they're not family, they're expendable. It's like, up your nose with a rubber hose. I, I don't have to take this. I can get this anywhere. But if it's family, or if it's someone the Lord said, I want you to keep this right. I want you to treat that like it's family and it's not an option. Then you have to go to gift giving. Uh, the story is in Genesis 33, 8. Remember Esau and Jacob? Remember little brother got what big brother was supposed to have and, and traded it? pretty good. Well, it says they, uh, Esau, Esau was mad as thunder and he was coming after Jacob. He, he was a fierce warrior type and Jacob was not. So he was fixing to come and Jacob greatly feared for his family, his wives and children. And it says when, and what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came? This is Esau talking. Esau asked, Jacob replied, they are a gift, my Lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, no, if I have found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like seeing the face of God. Please take this gift I have brought you, for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift and then said, well, let's be going. I'll lead the way. They were bitter and a gift. I mean, it was sheep and flocks and I don't know what all I I didn't look it up what he sent, but it was just it was stuff for their day. And it changed everything. This is going to be this will be a key to your life. Someday you'll remember this and say, I got the key to this. This relationship, this situation, they won't hear my words. They, they, so I'm going to send a gift. Amen. It's working. The word says that it heaps. Now it doesn't say about this, but it, it talks about heaping coals of burning fire upon their head. They just, they just can't. They don't want you. They don't want your gift because all of a sudden they're indebted to you, or they or they have to respond, or they have to be nice, or they have to look bad in front of their people, or whatever. It's like, I got you. For $100, I got you. <laughs> uh, it's working. It's worked for me. And it's working for me. And the last thing is uh, similar. It's to remove, gift giving is to remove anger from others. And the scripture on that is really cool. It's in Proverbs 21, it says, A gift in secret pacifieth anger. Now, if the word's true, a gift will unlock that door. The message says, A quietly given gift soothes an irritable person. A heartfelt present cools a hot temper. So when you can't say anything, there's nothing to be said that they want to hear. 
Just wait a few days, wait a few weeks, wait a month or six, and then just slip something in there. Don't let it come at their birthday because you're just being customary. You're being cultural. You're, that's what we do in America is birthday presents. Don't let it come at Christmas because that's just something you're just caught up in the fervor and saw something. Make it on their birthdays in April. Make it on in August when nothing's going on. Just knock them down and then let them ask. I actually had a note from someone that I did that to. And uh, he wrote me a note saying, I, I appreciate what you gave me. It was a watch. He said, but I could more fully appreciate it if I knew why you were giving it to me. <laughs> Got him. Now, now he doesn't know what to do with me. He, he's, his anger has subsided. He just doesn't know what to do because of that. So it's wonderful. Um, one more scripture was in, for this is Genesis 25, 6 says, But unto the sons of the concubines, while, which Abraham ha had, Abraham gave gifts to the sons of his wives. He gave them gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son while he yet lived eastward into the east country. So, in other words, they all got cut out of the inheritance of, of the richest man in the earth. And so he gave them gifts to pacify, to remove their anger. And all was well, or pretty well. So I believe, this is just a tweet, just a, something to uh, put in there. It'll be a weapon, it'll be a tool, it'll be a vehicle that someday when you need this, because we have to get along with more people than we're getting along with. It's not just our kinfolks that, that mama wants you. That's what my mother always says. I wish you boys could get along. I just wish you boys would get I wish you boys could get along. I'm working on it, mom. Amen. So if you want to tweak something down the road, this will be the key that you'll say, I know what to do now. And it will work. It will work. Amen. Praise God. Well, y'all are a blessing. We're going to do something wonderful next Sunday. I have no idea what it is yet, but I, it's, going to be, it's going to be wonderful. Praise God. So let's stand up.